Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee, coffee ooh, or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. It's been a while. I didn't think I could come on here this morning. Okay, let me get a grip. But here I am. And despite the fact that I'm crying, <laughs> I'm really glad to be back. It feels like I needed to have something back in my life to focus on rather than the sadness. This is why I'm not wearing makeup, because <laughs> I knew I would do this. Ah, but I got to tell you, all of the well wishes and the support from my family, my friends, all of you listeners, Asa, oh my gosh, has made me feel so, so good. Cornelia and Londa uh, and Ursula and so many of you that just keep checking in on me. All my family checking in on each other just to make sure that we're all okay. I knew this was going to be rocky this morning, but I will get a grip, I promise. Um, One of the thoughts that kept coming to me through all of this is that even though the mind knows that someone is missing physically in this world, the heart doesn't let go. The heart holds on and senses and feels that person, even though we can't see them. And we have been blessed in our family to have many of us that have seen signs and symbols from Brian. It's been amazing actually from, it's almost like he knew exactly how it was he was gonna get through to me. <laughs> like just a couple of days right after he passed, um, numbers, <laughs> the 11th, he died on the 11th of July. And he knew that he was gonna get through to us with the number 11 or at least through to me. And though that started happening immediately with um, one of my daughter's friends who was printing off um, window stickers with Brian's um, epitaph in it for all of our cars. And uh, she said, you know, I keep seeing that there's a lot of ones in his um, birth date and in his death date. And I just was playing around with the numbers. And when I crossed out all the duplicate numbers, they added up to 29. Well, Brian was 29 and 29 is an 11. He died on the 11th. And I was explaining to my daughter as she was telling me this story, she was um, asking me what the number 11 meant. So I started to tell her what the number 11 meant. And to me, it's always about illumination. And as soon as I got the word illumination out of my mouth, the safety lights or emergency lights in our house all turned on, all turned on. And they're there for when the power goes out so that we're not stumbling around in the dark. But we'd had several outages over the past, you know, winter and spring. So there was no batteries. There were no batteries in the light. And it wasn't plugged in. But these lights come on in response to my saying the word illumination. It was so amazing. <laughs> it was so amazing because I knew that my son would know how to get through to me and he did with the lights. And dragonflies, dragonflies were everywhere landing on us, zooming right in front of our faces. Um, and we knew, you know, it's not only that it's the time of year that the dragonflies are out, but I carry the dragonfly. So I knew it was him and people have had dreams and 
it's just amazing to think that just just outside of this reality is a completely other reality where he's not gone he's not forgotten where he's right here i wish i could see your comments <laughs> but my vision is too blurry so i'll check back on your comments later so needless to say this has been a tough time for a while I didn't think I would come back but I knew something else something else visceral within me and that is that I need to walk my talk if I were experiencing this with one of you I would tell you that life goes on that you're firmly planted here on terra firma earth for a reason and a purpose and um people souls come and go from the planet and that it doesn't change it may change in form or function but it doesn't change the effect that you have on the planet so i had to come back i had to come back because i know that what i do is important it's important to me to be able to share with all of you and i don't think my son would have wanted me to stop just because right that would never have been something that he, he would be chastising me i can almost hear him going no 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 don't stop so here i am today to carry on carry on we have a new month ahead of us um we have some interesting energies for the week so i really want to share uh i did go through you know a bunch of work this morning getting all of this together and um it's a week, interestingly enough, that begins with a lack of emotional energy out there in the field. So some of us may be feeling a lot of emotion and be picking it up and taking it in and then rebroadcasting it, especially if you have an open emotional center, which I do not. I have a defined one. So I'm broadcasting emotion. There you go. And it's a week where Gemini energy is prominent it's prominent in the uh, day today because the moon has moved into the sign of Gemini, my natal sign, giving me some strength. It's prominent because the sun and Mercury, Mercury being the ruler of Gemini, came into a um, conjunction on, uh, let's see, it was the first yesterday. It is a superior conjunction, so um, words may fail us you know, in favor of expressing emotion as the sun is between Earth and Mercury. So we can't see Mercury from where we are. And it's funny because Terry and I have been sitting outside at night looking at the sky, talking about what we're seeing in the sky. <clears throat> and I kept seeing this planet low on the horizon and I kept thinking, is that Mercury? And I forgot I had an app on my phone that could tell me what planets are what. And it's actually Venus that you see uh, setting, not Mercury. And that's because I hadn't been really paying attention to astrology at all. But I, <clears throat> in preparing for this this morning, I realized, oh, yes, the superior conjunction, Mercury behind the sun. So what might, might be harder for us is really putting words to our thoughts or thoughts um, failing us in the moment. <clears throat> as the sun is really the one that is shining and the sun in Leo, its own ruler, bringing us into the heart, right? Bringing us here, letting go of the mind, letting go of all those thoughts and things that we thought um, in favor of following our hearts. So I followed my heart this morning back here into living astrology and a, a broadcast that I knew was going to be hard, but I had to do. So let's talk a bit about what is happening up in the stars then, shall we? Uh, the moon in Gemini, as we've been talking about today, brings us to communication. It brings us to motion and it brings us to the mind. And in this particular sign, we have a lot of energy that can run through us in terms of ideas and inspiration, following curiosity and the steps that lead us from ideas into the creation of those ideas. When I was checking on the planets that are interacting with the moon today, we have a square to Jupiter in back now into the sign of Aquarius and a square to Mars now newly in the sign of Virgo and a trine to Saturn. 
So we have some pretty um, emotional energy that is with us, even though when you look at what planets are in what signs and what element, there's only Neptune and Pallas Athena that are sitting in water. There is a, a, a missing water elements and an overabundance of fire, air, air being the most populated, and then earth being the second most populated, fire being the third. So air, fire, and earth are the elements that we are dealing with as we move into this week with um, now the black moon Lilith also having moved into Gemini, Ceres now in Gemini, the part of fortune in Gemini, the North Node still in Gemini. So we have a focus on Gemini's air energy. So when we're talking about motion in Gemini energy, we're talking about trips or that restless energy that seeks expression in some way. It's energy that is restless, but is also makes us a little bit nervous or creates excitement within us. You can feel it in your body. You can almost feel your blood coursing through your veins even as the excitement or the, the nervous energy courses through us and that nervous energy propelling us forward in some way, causing us to take action, right? Causing us to move. And sometimes that movement, I was thinking this morning, first thing, can I, can I fit in a walk before I do my morning show? And I went, yeah. I won't be able to do that plus prepare. But I'm thinking right afterwards, I'm going to go for a walk because movement, right? Movement, that energy. Uh, communication as well with the sign of Gemini. With the moon here, we can bring emotion to our words. We can bring emotion to our writing. This is a sign that also is involved with listening and teaching. It's um, a sign that needs to learn to listen right? Listening doesn't necessarily come naturally to someone who uh, is always talking or to a sign that's very communicative. But part of communication is the listening piece. So we're also having to learn to listen here. Um, this is also expression in many different ways, right? It's writing and communication or speaking. But what about art, right? What about our creative energy? Gemini can can marshal together the communication, the words, the ideas in order to bring forth those creative energies. Uh, the moon in Gemini brings us educational opportunities, facts, education in terms of what we are learning about, what is your curiosity pushing you to learn about. Um, it's about the internet and where we can get information. And of course, the internet you know, the source of <laughs> almost anything you want to know, you can Google, and you can get to that energy. And you can get to that information almost, you know, in a moment's notice. Um, so thinking, and uh, the ability to be logical, also a part of the moon's experience in Gemini. This is a sign that is also sociable. Gemini loves the social scene. It's got to learn about social skills. So tact and diplomacy come into this air sign that loves quick thinking and loves to be witty and loves to be uh, in that social situation. And in terms of relationships, uh, Gemini rules those relationships from proximity, we call it. So proximity being our siblings, brothers, sisters, our roommates, our school chums, right? The Our colleagues that we, we maybe work with, the people that are maybe just one step removed from your, um, in your family that lives in your home, right? So in the more negative aspects of Gemini, we've got to deal with that, right? We've got to deal with what's the potential pitfalls in the sign or with the moon in the sign. And it can be about overthinking. Gemini is very mental, <laughs> mentally active, mentally activated. There is a chance sometimes that that mental activation can create that anxiety, mental anxiety. I was feeling that this morning too, before I went on my mind thinking about what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? I didn't say a word about what it was that I was going to say. Uh, and that's because overthinking, right? Too much thinking. Uh, nervousness, superficiality, indecision. Gemini, one of the signs like Libra that can have an issue with making decisions, being able to see so many facets and see so many ideas and put together so many different thoughts. It can sometimes create that um, uh, that inability to make a complete decision. So we might 
be feeling that over the next few days. And by the way, the moon just moved in there early, early this morning, 1.46 a.m. my time. So 4.46 for you guys on the East Coast. So we have about three days now, two and a half days of this kind of energy out there for us. In the body, Gemini rules the wrists, the hands, the shoulders, the arms. Uh, it rules the lungs and breathing. So we need to remember to take those deep breaths, right? To help us center, to help us keep ourselves in alignment, right? To keep ourselves grounded on the planet, to allow that excess nervousness to blow out of us, right? To come in with the air and out with the air keeps us um, in a rhythm. So we have that today. The nervous system, of course, also ruled by Gemini energy. So if you're feeling that nervousness, that jittery feeling, coffee isn't going to help, right? <laughs> coffee won't help that feeling. But for the next couple of days, that may be some of the things that we're feeling. Now, remember, the moon, anytime it squares Jupiter, can tempt us to overdo, overthink, overprepare, uh, over-idealize, lots, anything just about that you could put the word over in front of, over-talk right? With, if we match that with Gemini energy, over-communicate, over-talk, maybe not listening enough. The square to Mars means, this is, the, to me, the square to Mars is interesting because now that Mars is in Virgo, in fact, today it's sitting at two degrees of Virgo, um, aiming right at my own natal moon and my own natal Pluto. I'm sure this is going to be interesting. Um, it's in Gemini territory or it's in Mercury territory. So Mercury and I mean, uh, Gemini and Virgo are forever linked because of the rulership of Mercury for both signs. And then that makes this maybe a little bit difficult for those of you who are Geminis and maybe even for those of you who are Virgos, maybe even those of you who are Piscean or Sagittarius, because that square tends to create some issues or some uh, challenges in being able to marshal together the energy of your thoughts toward taking an action. So for those four signs, the next couple of days can be a little bit difficult as the moon may be creating this emotional field that makes thought harder to access. So just remember that and be kind and gentle to yourself. If you're not able to take your ideas and put them into action, it might just be a timing thing, right? Maybe as the moon moves into cancer later in the week, you might have some more uh, ability to do that. And right now, it might be that you just have to hold and maybe keep the ideas, maybe journal them or, um, uh, do the action behind the scenes that supports what you want to do uh, without actually taking the steps. That really depends on how it is that you are uh, already uh, configured in your own astrology chart and also in your own human design chart. And the moon is also in a trine to Saturn, and that can trigger the more melancholic energies. But remember, melancholy is also creative. It's when the creative energy is moving within us before it, it comes out, right? So sometimes that lower melancholic feeling can be sadness, and it can be uh, a feeling of that depression or of that low, low energy fatigue kind of energy. But it's really about preparing for our eventual expression of some kind of creative force. So don't take all of that so seriously. It's a smooth flow when it's a trine. So we don't have any bumps and thumps along the way, really. But maybe just a time for us to go inward and to be able to consider what our next steps might be. Now, before I had this, um, before I left, we were starting to talk about the moon in the gates as well. So I wanted to bring that up for us today as well. The moon is moving today through two gates, the gate 20, which these are gates on the throat, by the way, because when the moon is in Gemini, if you'll remember, that is um, throat energy. Most of, of all of, I think all but one gate in, in um, Gemini is in the throat right? So communication, we really get very strongly this link that Gemini has to communication, to ideas being expressed, to manifestation, right? So today, the two gates that the moon will sit in are the gate 20 uh, and the gate 16. They are neighboring gates. Now, the gate 20 is a gate that really empowers us to use our words 
in response to use our ideas and our words, right? Our actions in response to something that has been coming up in our outer world. It is a gate that's involved with the manifesting generator archetype. Not all manifesting generators have the archetype, which is the gate 34 to the gate 20. But the gate 20 is a gate of empowerment, empowering the voice, empowering our actions based on what it is that we're responding to in our outer world. And then the gate 16 is called the voice of enthusiasm, right? The gate of enthusiasm. And the gate 16 happens to also be where the north node is sitting right now. So we have sort of double energy. The moon's north node is at the gate 16. And now the moon herself will be at the gate 16 today. So it is being able to enthusiastically engage with our truth, with whatever it is that we are here uh, to master because the gate 16 ultimately connects down to the gate 48. So those of you who have the gate 48 in your own chart now suddenly have that entire channel defined or will have that channel defined later this afternoon. So it's really about bringing the enthusiasm to what it is that you're here to master. So the voice becoming that of, of excitement and being able to share enthusiasm in a way that it becomes catching to others, right? This is a, a gate that empowers others to catch that enthusiasm wave and to then bring voice and that excitement to their own creations and to their own, um, uh, their own mastery of whatever it is they've come here to, to do in this lifetime. So this is a really powerful day. It is a very powerful day for our voices. It's a very powerful day for us to express ourselves, our ideas um, in the world. But also, not just like me coming on here and expressing ideas or um, information, but also sharing in a community setting in our families, right? So sharing our words of encouragement, um, empowering others rather than disempowering others. And yes, there will probably be some voices out there that are not so empowering. Um, forgive them. They know not what they do, right? They know not what is happening. In this case, the words become very powerful as weapons or as, as tools to help people become energized and encouraged and empowered to, to live their lives. So keep that in mind, right? Words have power and the words that you say to others. The words have power to um, help people crystallize what it is that they're here to do but we can also take away from others and what they're here to do if we're not careful all right um i think i'm starting to be able to see again so let me take a look at some of these comments sue mccarthy it's lovely to be here it really is j-lo good morning to you kathleen mallory hello andy girl good to see you asa thank you so much for being out there karen divine good to see you and oops, I got to go back. Annette McCoy. Oh my gosh, it must be middle of the night where you are. Um, thank you so much for being here this morning. And I'm so glad to be back. Christine Buckingham, 1111. I love it. Um, of course, you know, at uh, on the East Coast, you know, you're going through the 11th, 11th hour right now. Um, let's see. Debbie Tibbetts Tumio. Hello. You've also been a strength for me. Uh, Debbie, I don't know that you even have an inkling. Well, I think I did mention this to you yesterday. Debbie has been sending me books about uh, mediums. And she sent me the book, um, Never Say Goodbye by Patrick uh, Matthews. No, yes, Patrick Matthews. And then she sent me another book about, um, uh, the last name's Frazier. I forgot his first name. But anyway, um, which was so interesting kind of another little side note of all of this is that my daughter had made an appointment to have a group session with a medium, a local person here uh, in our area where we live. So it'd be an in-person medium. And uh, the, the lady finally called her back to schedule that. And in the process, Brian started coming through to her while she was talking to Heather on the phone. And it was fascinating because this woman has no clue who we are. I mean, she does not know us, but she was able to bring in some really key information. And that represented to me a, a turning point in all of this experience where I began to feel more peace around the, what had happened. And 
um, the impact that her words had on my daughter and likely others in the family too. So it's not just me and Heather that felt this, but uh, the impact that she had was so profound that Heather is now considering becoming a medium. She said, mom, I really want to help people who are in the same position that we are in because of the peace that comes when you get that message and you realize that there's no way that person could have known that except through the uh, loved one on the other side. So it's been an amazing journey, Debbie. You started that journey. It's pretty amazing to watch it ex uh, to come into form and to start to coalesce in our lives. Uh, Tammy Smith, good morning. Ursula, good morning. Carry on for love, indeed. JLo says, I just got a warm ripple in my heart when you said he could, he would not want you to stop doing this. Absolutely. Taylor Jenkins, great to see you. And uh, everybody, thank you. Suzanne Fulmer, so glad to see you. And I'm glad to be back as well. And I'm not sure who this is, but beautiful lights. Oh, Colleen, hello. Good to see you too. And Amy D, love you so much. Thanks for being here. And Sylvester, wonderful to see you. Amanda J, great. Thank you for being here. And Wesley, love you. Love you, love you, love you. Michelle Good, love to see you too. Great, great, great. Love you. Heather, you got this, mama. I love it. Um, so I'm talking about you. Oh, no. Uh, Kelly Jordan, hello. And Elisa, good morning. Andy girl, we love you. We're here with you. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I could read these. Ingrid, so good to see you. I've missed you. Um, I was thinking about you this morning, Ingrid, and you'll see why here in a short time. Uh, so, all right. New comments go down further. Natasha Venter, great to see you. So, Sue everybody that if i've missed you um saying good morning to you, i i know you're there and you're in my heart and thank you so much for being here to support me so i told you that we are at the beginning of a new week we're at the beginning of a new month and this is a month actually that has some pretty interesting energies uranus type energy so maybe expect the unexpected kind of energies and so i want to quickly run down the energies for this week and then tell you a little more about what is going on with the planet Uranus. And I think you're going to see right off because today Venus is in a trine to the planet Uranus. Uranus being the planet in astrology that we think of as the liberator, as the freedom fighter, um, as the planet that does things in an electric and unexpected way. When we least expect it and something happens, it's likely Uranus that is behind the scenes, right? Doing something, <clears throat> connecting with something in your chart or connecting something uh, in the transits that is going to rock our world in some way. Sometimes it's uh, subtle, sometimes it's not so subtle. In fact, a lot of times it isn't very subtle at all. And Venus, as she rules our finances, she rules our, our values and she rules our relationships in a trine to Uranus can bring us unexpected excitement in relationships. A trine is a positive aspect between the two. So it's positive and it is about perhaps seeing something more in your relationships than you've had before. It's maybe a new relationship coming along. You never know with Uranus and with Venus and Uranus, there could be even some good financial news, maybe a financial windfall. This is activated uh, as of yesterday, but actually in effect all the way through Wednesday. So we have a few days worth of this kind of energy. Tomorrow, Mercury will come into a square. Now square is a challenge to the planet Uranus. When we talk about Mercury and Uranus, we're talking about levels of the mind, where Mercury rules the level of the mind in the body, as we think of the mind as the human, right? The thinking, processing data, memory recall, pros and cons, the Ajna, right, in our human design. That's what we think of with Mercury, the ability to take the thoughts and to communicate the thoughts. Uranus, however, rules the higher mind. So it rules the higher self in a way. It rules the information that comes into us from um, the higher realms, right? You could say that it might come in from um, inspiration. Uh, it comes when we least expect it, right? So we have a square between the two. And the square may be that our lower mind cannot accept what our higher mind is bringing in, or the higher mind is having trouble bringing information in because of the nature of the lower mind. Either way, we have a battle of the minds going on also from about today through Wednesday or Thursday of this week. So 
one way to deal with that is to get out of your mind, right? To get out of the mind, stay out of that, that thought process, get back into your heart kind of energy. Now, I just experienced my screen going off and back on. So somebody please tap in and let me know if I'm still live. It looks like I am. Yeah, I'm live. Okay, so it was just my computer doing something funky. Um, later in the week, we have a new human design week, and uh, which means that we're at the fairly early part of a, of a human design week right now. Okay, thanks, JLo. And uh, so I want to talk about that next. Uh, what kind of week are we in? Ursula, you're going to, this is what, why you were in my mind this morning. And also Ursula, I mean, uh, Ingrid, while you were in my mind this morning. Um, the sun squaring Uranus as we end the week or come into the end of the work week. Here we have to, un, we have to totally expect the unexpected, right? The sun showing our egos and our personalities and what we're really good at with Uranus bringing up maybe some shakeups in that in that area or inspiration for pathways that we didn't even think of before. And then Saturday's not so much a day of anything new. Then on Sunday, we are prepared for the new moon, right? The new moon in Leo. And we'll talk about that later in the week. I'll be on again on Friday. We'll talk about that new moon. Um, let's talk about the new human design week then, because that is the, um, <laughs> Kathleen, you know what? That's so funny because my computer's been doing this to me lately. All of a sudden, after a while of being on a website or doing something, it will suddenly go to a black screen and restart. And it's not like restarting the whole computer, but it just goes black and it comes back. I don't know what the heck is going on with that, but it's, it was, it's been doing that. Let's look at the human design week. So from July 31st until August 4th, we are in the week of the sun at the gate 33. Actually, I can, if I remember here, I'm going to share my screen with you. Holy cow. Okay, so share screen. And it was a window. Here we go. Right. Now you guys should see my screen. Um, so here's a human design chart, and I've put here where the moon was, the gate 16 and the gate 20, or the gate 20, and then the 16 today. And then the sun at the gate 33. So you can see the throat is highly activated today. It's highly activated, and that is a sign that we are in Gemini energy. So we're in communication energy. We are in mind energy. So the gate 33 um, being called the gate of retreat in traditional human design and the gate of retelling in quantum human design. And here in this particular week, the earth is sitting at the gate 19, which in traditional human design is called the gate of approach or sensitivity. And in the uh, uh, quantum human design is called the gate of attunement. So we have the throat energy being um, uh, triggered, but we also have the root center being triggered. And we know that the root center is a pressure center. So the earth in this particular week through August 4th is pressuring us for something. So we'll get to what that pressure is all about. But let's take a look at the gate 33, because I think you're going to find this gate fascinating. I always do. Because this gate has two distinct meanings. The first meaning in this gate is called the storyteller. This is the, it's one of the storytelling gates, like the gate 56, which is also on the throat center up here. The gate 56 storytelling is a little bit different. It's more about teaching um, based on ideas or what's inspiring. The gate 33's teaching is more experiential and it's more succinct. This is a storytelling gate that shares the experience of living life that teaches others through the experiences that they have. In fact, this is kind of a, a weaving kind of sign or gate, excuse me. Um, so we're weaving a story from our experiences. And in some cases, those experiences are positive. And in some cases, those experiences are highly negative, right? They're sad or they're depressing or they're exciting and new. Um, the key, in this particular gate for all of us is to share the story through experience, but weave the story in a way that is empowering to others, that shows others that out of um, out of tragedy or out of, of whatever the story is about comes something positive, right? An experience that you can share with others. 
an experience that brings us together as uh, human beings in a common experience, uh, as in any kind of experience that any one of us has ever had. It may not be exactly the carbon copy of everybody's experience, but we've all experienced death in some way. We've all experienced relationship upsets. We've all experienced maybe health challenges uh, in our families or in ourselves, financial challenges. So it's taking the story of what we've experienced and being able to retell it from a point of view that shows, yes, out of adversity came triumph or came something worth living for, right? Something worth being here for. There's magic here in this particular gate in the telling of the story. We can tell the story through fables, right? Aesop, Aesop's fables, right? Through our experiences, through art, through drama, um, many different ways that the story can show up here in a magical way that helps humanity bind together. It helps us in the end find how we are more alike than we are different. Now, the second meaning in this particular gate is about retreat. And I've always had a little bit of an issue with this gate with that, because, you know, if you're going to tell the story and you're going to be, you know, sharing that with people, that doesn't quite square with retreat energy. So how do I square with that? Well, retreat in this gate has to happen in order to be able to put the story in its right and perfect perspective. So it brings clarity. So even though this is a gate that sometimes disappears, right? It uh, removes itself from the human uh, energy. It removes itself to quietness. Um, the retreat brings clarity. It brings strength to allow us to see the wisdom in the story of what we have within us. Now, all of us are going to be experiencing this in different ways this week, right? We may have this through dreams. We may have this through a story that we hear from someone else. We may also be carrying the story that we want to share with others. So um, after the retreat, right, after you get the to the point where you've got some strength and you've got the clarity on what this story is about. Then we go back into the world to share the experiences with others. And without retreat, someone with this gate in their um, human design, especially if it's the sun or if it's a powerful planet, any of the planets actually here, might face burnout or may face chronic fatigue because they're constantly trying to stay with the story or they're constantly trying to stay on task not ever taking that opportunity to, to pull in and to pull away, to even, you know, find time, um, you know, downtime uh, for however length of time you need before you come back out. And this is also a gate that holds secrets. This something hysterically funny that happens in this particular gate. And um, I've seen this before in my own family, my son, Wesley. And if you're still listening, Wesley, this is about you. <laughs> it's about anybody who has the gate 33. If you have the gate 33 hanging in your chart and you meet up with someone who has the gate 13, who is the, which is the gate of the listener, right? The gate 13 listens. The, the listener get energy of the gate 13 can pull a whole bunch of secrets out of the person with the gate 33. <laughs> so the gate 33 are the secret keepers until the gate 13 comes along and activates them to divulge all of their secrets. And it's almost funny when you think about it. I, I've seen this happen in our family where, you know, Wesley's holding on to a secret until somebody with the gate 13 came along or transiting comes along and then the story spills out. And it's not that they mean to do that. It's just in the energy dynamics. It's time to spill the secrets, right? <laughs> and that's what happens with this particular gate. So you two today or through these next five, uh, three days may find yourself somehow spilling your secrets to people um, when you least expect it, right? It's like it's being drawn out of you because you've come into contact with someone who has that opposite gate, or even if you have that opposite gate yourself and you're holding on to that, you may find it very easy to share things from the deepest places from within you. Um, so for all of you out there holding on to secrets, you might have to have some extra effort put into keeping your lips zipped <coughs> through the rest of this week. So um, hold on. Let's now look at the gate 19. Where's the pressure coming in? Um, because remember the earth in the combination of the sun and earth every time, every week, we have the sun 
giving us the highest possible expression of what we have um, available to us. And the earth, the place our feet are on the ground, rising, uh, giving us the challenge that we might have to rise to in order to accomplish the sun's efforts at the gate, in this case, 33. So in order to really be aware of how to tell the story or to bring on the retreat or to hold on to the secrets, we're going to have to work with the gate 19. And the gate 19 is a very interesting gate. It's a gate that links humans to the animal world. This is one of the gates that we've talked about that will be um, changing and evolving as we move into the 2027 evolutionary leap. And it's changing in that, you know, humans at this point are one third animal, one third angel, and one third human. As we start to release the more animalistic nature of ourselves, as we move into that, uh, that, that mutation, we become 50% human, 50% angel. And we begin to see the animal kingdom in a completely different way, in a more compassionate and healthy way, in a more sensitive way. So that's in the works. But now every time I can't help but bring this up every time I see something happening with the gate 19. Now, the gate 19 in and of itself is a gate that's reaching out for intimacy. It's here down on the root center. It's reaching out to the gate 49. This is one of the channels involved in love and marriage in relationships. And this part of the gate is about the wanting to be wanted and the wanting the, the need to be needed, right? So this gate, the people that have this gate and the transits seek to or promote <clears throat> interconnections um, to seek and connect with people in relationship. So the gate 19 is very powerful in pulling us into the relationship field um, you know, moving us outward into that. It's cooperation. It is companionship. It is togetherness. So it will move itself outward. The pressure is to go out to find your clan, right? To find your, your troop, to find your family, to find your relationships. It needs, its needs met, but it's not necessarily needy. Now it can be, right? In the negative, this can be someone who is needy or clingy, it can be someone who has very powerful wants and uh, you, you've probably met people like this that have this very powerful need to be needed and they're going out of their way to do things. Um, but the person's, it, this energy isn't necessarily about neediness, but we get an opportunity this week to check on our own need to be needed, right? Um, it is uh, the pressure here make, causes us to reach out, but the pressure here can also, um, have the question, whose needs are we fulfilling, right? Whose needs are we fulfilling? Are we getting our needs met, right? Are we doing things for others without even thinking about what we're doing and in the process, letting go of what we need or what would support us? So even though this is a gate this week, the earth is bringing people together. We're being challenged to bring us together, um, family and friends and your communities, but it's also checking to make sure that you're not self-sacrificing, right? What are you, you uh, in the process of trying to give to others? What are you sacrificing uh, for yourself? So we have to watch out for personal sacrifice. It, and I'm not saying that, you know, we can't have an opportunity to personally sacrifice for others. That's important. Um, but are you doing, what are you doing it out of? What is your motivation, right? Are you doing it because you need to feel needed? Uh, are you doing it because you want to feel wanted? Um, or is there a true heart here? Is it coming from compassion? Is it coming from love? Uh, okay, I should have checked my phone to see if anybody had questions. I'm stopped sharing my screen. Uh, okay, Asa, I don't see any questions. If anybody, have, if anybody has a question, please feel free to uh, reach out. I'm going to check real quick here. Londa, I'm transparent. Transparency. Love it. 
Uh, Andy Girl says, I have gate 13, so be prepared. People may download their secrets to you this week, Andy Girl, or you may be feeling like you're downloading your secrets to others. It's funny being in the grocery line, right, with this happening. You might just start talking to this person or this other person starts talking to you and everything comes out, right? Your whole experience, your whole lifetime, uh, things that have been hidden. Uh, you find yourself talking to this person later going, oh my God, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Uh, okay, so Kathleen says, I've been going through relationship revelations lately with lots of emotions running, very trying and somehow exciting. Um, you know, there, there is there is something to say with the gate 19 as it relates to intimacy. And, and this is not uh, sexual intimacy here either. This is really more about how do we share of ourselves. And I think that there's a big, there, there's a, there is a problem sometimes that we encounter uh, with that whole channel 19 to 49, uh, where being able to share from our hearts and our souls is impeded in some way. I think it's a natural um, human tendency, perhaps, to hold a piece of ourselves back, um, especially if you're in a, a, a newer relationship or if you're feeling not so good about yourself. Um, and intimacy is something that we also want. There are two different places in our human design where intimacy comes up. It comes up in the gate 19's connection to the 49, which connects to the emotional center. And it also comes up in the gate six, which connects to the channel or uh, is uh, connecting to the gate 59, which that particular channel is about sexual intimacy. But ultimately, intimacy energy lies on the emotional center. So emotions, how do we share of our feelings, right? How do we share of our real deep truths? So that becomes a, a problem in our lives if we've been shut off before, if there's been someone <clears throat> that has not wanted to hear us, if there's been someone who um, made you feel like you weren't important or didn't want to hear your words, you know, especially like some of us older people, um, maybe even those who are a little bit older than, than I am at this point, um, maybe went through childhoods where, you know, children were to be seen and not heard. Um, and parents did a really good job at shutting you down, right? Not listening to you, um, not believing you if you were sharing something of major importance and they just didn't want to hear it or they weren't capable of that. And so we start to learn to guard our thoughts. We start to learn to guard our hearts. And that can then become a problem later on in our relationships, where part of a very loving relationship is to be able to share from that intimate spot and to be able to be who you are, uh, relaxed in who, who you are without worry or fear about what the other person might think. So we do have, we do have a lot of, of, um, of intimacy issues, let's say that can be worked on this particular week, right? How we share our hearts with one another and how we hold each other while that person is in the sharing. So it's in the receiving, but it's also in the sharing. So it's in the giving and the receiving. And I think this is really an important thing to be talking about because so many of you that I've heard from over uh, the years, not just you know recently, but over the years, relationships seem to be the biggest trigger point for everybody, right? As they're meant to be, right? There are mirrors to what it is that we need to work on from within. So this is a week, right? For us to be able to address that, to be able to look at that energy of how it is we share, how it is we need each other um, and where we've been cutting off ourselves from others or where others have been cutting themselves off from us right? That may also become apparent. The corollary is always true as well. So we have that opportunity this week. Now, um, uh, Kathleen says, I'm the one who has been withholding, I discovered. Ah, well, see, there's a great aha there, right? There's a great aha there. Now, maybe you can trace that back. Maybe you can trace it back a little bit to discover why it is that maybe that's a habit. I think sometimes these things become habits, right? Habitually, we are in fear, perhaps, of what people might think about us um, or about 
you know, how we, you know, will be received by others. So maybe you can think back into your life, Kathleen, as to what that might mean for you. You know, look back at your parents, look back at your grandparents, look back at just your family lineage, you know, were they a, a stoic bunch of people <laughs> who withheld emotional connection? And if so, if this is an ancestral or a lineage type thing, it's it's not so that it's easy to break. It's that you can you can start a whole new energy here. You can heal that energy of um, the lack of intimacy, the lack of sharing and caring out loud. Right? Um, it's not that people who have issues here are not loving, kind, compassionate people. It's that they've learned to hold that back. Right. So and I'm telling you, the world needs love. And that is something that we need to be able to let go of. Right. That that fear of um, being hushed up or being told that's not appropriate. Right. So. OK, um, now, since we're talking about <clears throat> receptivity in a way, <laughs> we're talking about the being receptive. Um, I thought we would take a look at what Uranus is doing since this particular week is a very Uranian week. Actually, this month is um, we're preparing a second or third week. Let's see what August 19th Uranus turns retrograde and joins um, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn and um, Chiron in retrograde. So we'll have a lot of outer planets in retrograde motion. And that means we're doing a lot of soul searching. We're doing a lot of soul connection. And when Uranus turns to um, its retrograde, it tends to bring us inward. Did you guys, you guys, <laughs> I did not touch anything. I haven't touched anything. And all of a sudden my computer just went to large screen. Now I have to look at myself in largeness. Now, how do I make that go back to where it was? Holy moly. Did I? Oh, I see what happened. Okay, so hmm. crazy weird stuff happening here. Back to Uranus. So Uranus in retrograde later in the month brings us to our contrarian natures. <laughs> it brings us inward <clears throat> to see, to take a, 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 an assessment, let's say, of where it is that we are chained. Where are we chained up? Where have we purposefully, maybe even unintentionally, um, locked ourselves away, locked our hearts away, uh, maybe locked our feelings away, uh, locked our actions away? So um, Uranus at the moment is sitting at the gate two in our human design, which is also on the identity center, that yellow diamond. Some of you may have it yellow. Some of you may have it in white. But the identity center is the seat of the soul in our energy, right? So our energy, the seat of the soul, Uranus at gate two called the gate of receptivity, which tells us it's time for us to focus on our vision, not to worry about how things are going to happen or when, but to focus on the vision. So some people, my own daughter included, if you're still listening, Heather, um, are embarking on something new, a new journey, a new pathway. And it's human nature, of course, that we want to know the how. It's in the head center, right? The gate 64 wants to know the how. And the gate 64 becomes inspired or can become confused when it tries to get into all of those darn details, right? The how is not our job, right? But what is our job, as seen through Uranus at the gate too, is to release ourselves from trying to figure out how things are going to happen, when they're going to happen, with whom they're going to happen, and instead focus on what it is that we desire. What do we want? Right? The This is a center of love and direction. And the directional energy here is attractive in nature. So the, the identity center is like a, a monopole. It's an, a, a magnet that can only attract. It can't push away it can only attract and it attracts based on what it is that it turn it, it it on what your soul needs to learn <laughs> so it's attracting experiences it's attracting people to you that can help you fulfill your life's direction your life's purpose your soul's purpose and a lot of that is driven by what it is that you're focusing on 
right? If you're focusing on what you don't want, if you're focusing on the worry about something, then it feels that that's in your soul's best interest and it will bring you those experiences or more of those experiences. Even though in your mind, you're like, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. But what you've been focusing on with your energy is that. So here we have to learn to be um, receptive to direction, to what's being shown to you as the direction and the magnetic monopole, the, the magnet that will receive for you the right experiences, the right people in the right timing, in the right place for the right opportunity to get to where you need to go or to get to where you want to go. It is this center of direction that Uranus is helping us to free up at this point. So the Venus in a trine to Uranus, Mercury in the square to Uranus later in the week, the sun in a square to Uranus, Uranus turning retrograde. And I'm sure there are other Uranus things going on throughout the month of August. Um, the moon, of course, going to be in those various connections to Uranus throughout the month. Um, I'm looking to see if there's anything bigger. I mean, it's pretty big to already have um, the sun in a square to Uranus. And yeah, the moon does that a couple of different times this month with Uranus, tells us that there is something that we're here to free ourselves from, right? What is that? What can you free yourself from? So take a look at where you're stuck. Take a look at where you are trying to configure the how, where you're stuck in the, I don't know, but I'm going to try to manipulate this into happening and relax and step back and just allow the universe to bring it to you. Allow that inner magnet to attract to you what it is that is necessary, what it is that is perf purposeful for you in the moment. And you do that by letting go of trying to figure it all out, of trying to get the how. Hey, I didn't know Binksy was behind me. Uh, the how, the when, the why, all of that, the can you prove it. All of those things are pressures that the head center can bring to us, but are not the genuine questions for humanity to answer. Humanity's answer or question that needs to be answered is the what. What do I want? Right? What do I want? What do I desire? What's in keeping with my highest purpose in being here? Right. Um, if you guys want to take that a little deeper, uh, go to the gene keys. So you know I love the gene keys and the gene keys. Woo! With the gate two, they'll, they'll it'll give you some really um, key insights, I think, into uh, the energy of the two. Uh, I would also, if you want to know more about your own life direction, take a look at what your identity center looks like. Is it open? If you have an open identity center, that center, that diamond is white. It's center mass to your human design. If that center is white, you are here to receive love. And you're here to help others find direction because you try on other people's identities, right? You, you're sort of a chameleon, right? Whenever you're around a person, you sort of get tapped into what's right for that person, where that person needs to go, what that person needs to do. And you're able to bring forth that wisdom for them. Unfortunately, with that open center, sometimes you also miss how it is that others show up for you, how you are so loved, right? So you're here to receive love. Those of you who have it defined, you're here to give love, right? It's the center where love broadcasts from you to others. Others pick up that energy from you. Look at what gates are defined and how that definition is set up. Is it hanging gate where it might play out with the people in your relationships? Is it a channel that it's connected to? And if so, it's taking your soul energy and, and pushing it in a specific direction. Um, if that center is open and it gets defined for you in a relationship with someone else, there's magic afoot, right? Because then that relationship becomes defined by a common purpose or a common direction. So look at the gate two specifically, because that's the one I'm talking about. And where check your own openness, your own receptivity. Are you blocking what other people want to give, right? Are you holding yourself back from receiving? That's the question, right? That's the question. And Uranus in this particular instance, this particular month in, in particular, uh, driving that home for us. All right. Carol, good morning to you. 
Michelle, sounds like birthday wishes to me. Uranus is gate two, finishing the connection to 14. Ah, now that becomes a gate of money, right? That becomes a money channel. And we'll talk about that in your birthday reading, Michelle. Uh, love you too, Kathleen. Love you, Ursula. Love you all, really. Um, love you all. And I'm so glad you were able to be here with me this morning. Uh, I just found myself wanting to apologize for crying earlier. I guess I have to stop doing that. It's just a natural expression in these times. And I, um, I appreciate all of you. And I hold you all in the highest gratitude for your support, your love, your generosity during this incredible time. Um, I will see you on Friday morning. Friday, we'll be talking about the new moon. So get prepared. We'll, we'll be in the dark of the moon. So it'll be a great time for doing that internal checking in um, as Sunday will be the new moon. And what can we expect with the new moon in Leo? A heart sign, right? All right, everybody, take care. It's been wonderful being with you. I will see you Friday. Love to all of you. Bye for now.